It is time for us all to shift to a higher level of consciousness. It is time for us to remember who we are, do our inner work for good, and use our boundless tools of consciousness to create a world we want to live in. I am here to teach you how to do that. The time is now. Shift is happening. You're going to want to be a part of it. Hello and welcome to Shift is Happening. This is episode five and today I'm going to talk to you about how to eradicate limiting beliefs. This is a foundational episode of information that is something I want you to keep with you. I want you to look for in your life. I want you to observe in others. Carry this concept with you because it is a massive game changer. All right, here's the big concept. Our lives cannot be any bigger or brighter or more beautiful than our most limiting belief about ourselves. Take a look at your life now. As wonderful as it is, it's only as wonderful as your smallest belief about yourself. So if there's some niggling feeling of longing for more, knowing that there's more inside of you, it's probably because there is. And there is a limiting belief that got put down when you were younger and is still running. And I'm going to talk to you about how that happens and how to eradicate those, because when we have bigger beliefs about ourselves, our lives become bigger because we become more empowered, more alive, more, care- more carefree, and more fearless, more courageous, more brave, and more beautiful. Okay, because our limiting beliefs try to keep us protected from feeling bad feelings we used to have to feel. Okay, I'm going to try to explain this step by step. First of all, when we are little... Whatever environment we grow up in, since our brains are developing, they see that environment as a microcosm of the world, including your place in it. So I told you in my episode two that I had the limiting belief that it was a hostile world because my environment was hostile often, and my job was to prevent it from going out of control. That belief, as I told you in my story earlier, was with me for far too long until I finally fully eradicated it. I'm going to give you a couple of examples of how this happens. Let's say that a child grows up in an environment where they're doing well in school, but the message they get is that they always could have done better. So they come home with an A- minus on a test and mom or dad says, that's great, but why'd you get the minus? What did you miss? And they're looking for the deficit within the strength. Um, that child, if that happens over and over in lots of different ways, you know, you go, they go to a sports event and they played really great defense, but they missed their goal. And all they hear about is if you'd just, you know, gotten a little bit around that person a little sooner, you would have had an opening, you could have gotten that goal. If all of the here on a repetitive basis is the thing they could have done better than they grow up believing what I get when I give my best, it's not quite enough. There's something more that I should be giving and I don't really know how to, but it keeps them striving and it might turn them into a really strong achiever because they're always trying to reach that next level. And on one level in society, that's a good thing. But inside that child who grows up feeling that hole inside of them that no matter what I do, it's not enough, that part still does damage. 
And at some point, that person's going to need that hole filled. Okay, so that behavior of always, always striving for more, always doing more than everybody else will eventually wear that person down and and people around them who love them will be saying, you know, what can you, can you ever just relax? Can you ever just enjoy life? Or do you always have to be making everything perfect around you? It does do damage eventually. I'll give you a couple of other examples. If someone grows up and they are a little just a little thicker, a little, you know, bigger boned, and they get messages from parents that they should watch what they're eating. A lot of people deal with that because society's imposition of what healthy bodies are supposed to look like or beautiful bodies are supposed to look like. So kids often get the message that theirs isn't good enough or they have to be careful because theirs isn't enough like those bodies that they have to be careful. And they might be getting un unspoken messages about how much is put on their plate versus everybody else's plates. There are a million ways that that can happen. That child grows up feeling like their body is not acceptable on some level in their subconscious. That is going to create a self-consciousness, an inadequacy that they experience for a very long time unless it is healed at the source. Unless that limiting belief gets healed, it will play out in their lives. There will be a self-consciousness. There will be a constant uh, desire to be skinnier or it might create a dieting uh, pendulum swing and they're, then they're on this cycle and they're always thinking too much about what they're eating and they're not really living life. There are a million ways that we get messages when we're little about who we are and what the world is in relationship to us. And unless and until those get eradicated, they make the world that we're living in. Because we filter reality through that feeling, through that fear, that inadequacy, and that limiting belief. I'll give you one other example. Let's say somebody grows up not feeling like people like them. They're not the person that goes through middle school and other people include. They, they're the one who just for some reason gets excluded. Well, if they feel that, wow, in this world, I'm someone who people don't really reach out to. Um, I'm never the one that people gravitate to. When they get to the point where they want to find a loving relationship, that insecurity can impact the relationship. Let's say they meet someone, that person's really into them. But they're, they still carry that internal voice that wants to protect them from feeling excluded. So they are really careful and they are, you know, really cautious and they don't really trust that that person's into them. And over time, if that doesn't get healed, they can become clingy to that person, afraid they're just going to leave like other people have, or can become jealous, assuming that that person's going to eventually leave them like other people have. And then they become over controlling or, um, you know, jealous and watching too closely. It's that belief that can ruin the relationship. It has nothing to do with how that person feels about them. It's about the belief that they have ruining the relationship. The partner only wants to live life with that person and experience new things and get to know them. But this clinginess, this jealousy, this that is caused by the limiting belief inside of that person is what tears down the relationship. This, this plays out in a 
in a lot of different types of scenarios, but it's true for all of us. If we have a niggling insecurity, a belief that we're not good enough, a belief that we're not worthy of love, any kind of belief about who we are that's in our subconscious, it's there to protect us from feeling the way we had to feel when we were kids, when we were little. It got there to say, I want to protect you from feeling that way. And then it keeps us small. Okay. So one of the most powerful things we can do for our lives to shift is to eradicate those beliefs. When they're not there, we feel free, alive, that we're worthy of making mistakes. And so we can just try things. And if people don't love it, we'll try again. Wouldn't it be great to feel that way? I'm feeling that way now. And I'm doing this podcast because I feel that way. And so I have the courage to do it now from having done that. Okay. Okay. So the first thing that I want you to do with this is really look for what beliefs might be running in your lives. And you can tell when you get a repetitive feeling, oh, here we go again, that feeling, oh, here we go again. For me, it was always, oh, here, 10,000 people need me. And I feel like I have to care for all of them before I'll ever get to anything for myself. That was my repetitive belief running for a long time. Yours might take a lot of different forms, but notice what you think it is. What feels repetitive? What might be the belief behind it? Tie it to what, what was my childhood telling me? That's the belief that needs healing. Also, look at patterns that other people are are repeating in their lives. And this is just out of love and ki- loving, kindness, and curiosity. How does this work uh, in terms of studying life? What do you see people doing repetitively? What might be the belief that's running their life for them? And then learning how to eradicate those beliefs is incredibly powerful. I see it in my office every single day, and it's stunning. So there is, there are really three ways to do this, to eradicate a limiting belief. And there's a short, fast way, there's a longer way, and then there's an even longer way. <laughs> okay. Of course, I'm going to advocate for the quickest path to getting this out of your heart and your mind and your subconscious, because you're going to be living happier, more calm, more free, and more peaceful as soon as possible. But I'll talk about all three. The first thing is simply noticing when it comes up and trying not to fall into the pattern. And this is a long way of eradicating that belief and it's not easy to do, but if you notice it every time it comes up and you go, okay, what, what I would normally do is I would say yes to that person because I'd be getting my worth from them approving of me. It would make me feel like I'm worthy. And that's what I always do, but I don't really want to head up that committee. I really don't want to. I really want to be doing my own work. Okay. And then it's super uncomfortable. But then if you say no, if you're always the person who said yes, and this time you say no, and you say, I'm sorry, but this time I really can't do it. I've got enough on my plate. And then you feel into the discomfort of that, their disapproval maybe, or maybe they don't disapprove and you're like, oh my gosh, I survived that. How does it feel to care for yourself first? Remember we talked about in episode four, your well-being comes first. You just did it. You just overrode that programming in that moment. And if you can do that over and over and over again, you will rewrite the program. But it takes a long time. And it takes a lot of intent practice, 
but it's the most important work you can do. It will change your life, but it'll just take a, a while. You need to know that and it's fine. Be willing to do it. It will over time change. Okay. A faster way is what I do in my office. It's, it's uh, the technique that I learned, which was exactly what made me open my practice because I knew it would be the fast route to people feeling better. And that is um, the technique that I use, which is a certain way of using age regression. And I want to want to just share this with you. So if you are interested in doing this quickly, reach out to me on email, make an appointment, and we can get to your limiting belief in two sessions and you will dramatically feel different. But the way that that works is when you are feeling that feeling that's the repetitive way you feel. For me, it was, oh, someone else needs me and they always will and I always have to do it. When that comes up, when you're in hypnosis, I can ask you to bring that feeling up and we can all do it because we have so many experiences where we feel it. We bring that feeling up and it is tied to every other time you lie in your life you felt that way through your subconscious mind. And when you're in hypnosis, I would just take, I would say, this is tied to other times you felt it. And I'm going to go earlier, younger, earlier, younger, be there. And then I'll just start asking you questions. Your subconscious will bring up other times you felt that way. And then when I can find the earliest time where it first began, there is a process there using absolute pure logic can, to convince the inner child that experienced that fear that's still alive in you, that she or he never has to think that way again, never has to feel that way again. Why? Because grown up you knows how you felt, knows everything you went through and will be there for you will protect you from those kinds of experiences and will hear you when you need to experience your feelings. And then the adult client in my chair does want to promise that child that they will do that for them. And they can see that that child who went through that experience was perfect. There was nothing wrong with that child. It was just the circumstances combined with their undeveloped brain that made them believe it. And so it's utterly convincing to that inner child that they're done ever having to worry about that again. And it may sound a little out there, but it is phenomenally powerful. And people come back to me, usually it's two weeks after that session, they come back and they said, I, I'm so surprised. I just feel happier, calmer, just more at ease and more at peace. And if I have a feeling come up, I know exactly what to do with it. I just... I just feel it and I kind of hold her or him and I just say, oh, it's fine. We got, we got you. It helps them manage their inner well-being. Like I talked about in episode four, it ha helps them manage their inner well-being first, manage those feelings. If they, if they even arise, they know what to do and then they're at peace again. But even dramatically, they don't even come up nearly as much. It's a fraction, a tiny fraction of the amount they used to feel that way. It might pop up and then it's just a feeling that they know how to, how to manage and process. That is the fast way. I have people who do that session who have miraculously stunning, stunning results. In fact, I'll give you, I'll give you a story. One client has had a really terrible relationship with her mom. I mean, it was, her mom was not able to be a good mom in any way. Let's just leave it at that. And this client would go on a trip with her every year and it was always a mess. 
It was always terrible. It was always drama. And my client would come home exhausted, drained, angry, furious, and it would just bring up all of her turmoil and frustration and pain from childhood. And it would it would just be a horrible week, but she did it out of obligation. This time, after doing this technique, she she did this right before she went on that trip with her mom. And then the next time I saw her was after the trip. She talked my ear off. I can't believe, I can't believe it. I had fun. I had a great time. When my mom did her thing, I just knew that that was on her. It had nothing to do with me. It didn't bother me. It didn't hook me in. I didn't get sucked into the drama. I went home and I, my husband couldn't believe it. I had had a fabulous time on the trip that had ruined my week for the last 10 years. This time was a really good trip. The results she felt were dramatic. She felt so much more peaceful inside that she was able to handle everything her mom did without even without it hooking her in. So that's what I mean. This is the fast track that if you really are into what I'm teaching and you want to get to your greatest life as soon as possible, that is a very quick way to do it. The long ways I've already told you. And then another way is just talk therapy. Just talk therapy is effective. I had on and off 14 years of talk therapy and it did help me it helped me understand the patterns of what was there and it helped me understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling. But I will say that it wasn't until this technique that it was the feeling was actually just gone, completely gone. With therapy, I knew what to do when it came up and I knew why it was there. But I have to say for me personally, it didn't leave. The feeling did not leave until this technique came along. And um, so that's why I believe it's, it's really a fast way to get that limiting belief out of your way. How much life do you have left? Do you want it to keep running? I didn't. I did not want to wake up feeling worthless anymore. And that was when it absolutely, it just left. Okay. So that technique is really good for that. If you are interested in doing that, um, email me, Sheila at shifthypnosis.org and we'll get you an appointment. It'll take two appointments to get to the age regression one um, because you have to have an initial appointment first to get you used to it. And then uh, you will notice a difference. Okay, so limiting beliefs keep our lives small. When you start following the protocols that I'm laying out for you in this podcast and you're committed to them and you you do your showers with the music every single day, You start noticing your patterns of your limiting beliefs and you work on eradicating that and changing it up, not doing the thing you've always done to prove to yourself that that limiting belief is not true. It's just a belief. You'll start to shift even more. Okay. So this is a foundational principle that I want you to start observing in your life, observing in yourself, observing in your family members and preserving your well-being when they come up. Okay. We only get as good a life as we feel inside. And that's what this journey is all about. Getting you to feel so good inside that it will start showing up in your reality, reflecting that back to you. Just like when I got that card on the fence, it was the internal state that somehow brought 
the match in my reality, in the physical reality to my card. And that has been happening in my life over and over. And now I, it's solid. I know that, that it works that way. So I'm committing my work to getting you to clean out the pain and limitation inside of you that once released, you'll remember what you are underneath, which is perfection. Absolute perfection. Beauty, love, kindness, exhilaration, energy. We are all made of that. We have limiting beliefs blocking that. So I hope that what I've explained today is clear to you. I hope it haunts you and stays with you and makes you look at yours, examine yours, maybe even email me and get it eradicated as quickly as possible. Because I don't know about you, I have about 50 years of life left and I want as much beauty, joy, freedom and aliveness in those 50 years as can be possible. And that's what I want for you, no matter how many years you think you have left. Hopefully it's a lot. In episode six, I'm sharing an interview with um, Bethany McCamish, who eradicated her limiting beliefs, and she's going to explain to you what they were before and how once they were gone, everything shifted. I know you're going to love that episode. And then in episode seven, I give you your next assignment. I can't wait for that one either. So thank you so much for being with me. I love you. See you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Sheila Wenger, owner of Shift Hypnosis. I hope this episode haunts you and inspires you to tap into your power, experience joy, and start to love being alive again. Imagine the world we could live in if every one of us woke up inspired, uninhibited, and filled with love. That's the shift that's happening. That's the shift that will change this world. And it begins with us. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of it. I'm